man, my life is so busy between kids and family and work is committing to small group once a week really worth it? This is Consider It, where we are considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, or the church? If so, text the word REDEMPTION and your question to 830-299-7505. Again, that's 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about our church and our ministry here, visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Welcome back to Consider It. Blair, we have another question today. How do we do? A good one. It is a two-part question, and it says, What are small groups, and why should I join one? What are small groups, and why should I join one? I'm glad this question was submitted, because I feel like... We hear this quite a bit, right? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, especially in this season here at Redemption, where our church has been growing, people have been coming to your church, and um, and so we hear this question really in one form or another. You know, yeah, either we? new people coming in, like what are these small groups, You're right. um, yeah. or people who have been around for a little bit and just hearing the benefits and, and right. the buzz about you right. know, people in their small groups, and like, hey, how do I get to be a part of something like that? Right. And, and also because, like, churches, churches have small groups or use that language, but, you know, the, the, uh, even in that first part of the question, well, what are they? They're trying to ask, like, clarifying questions because yeah. uh, even though a multitude of churches may have small groups, they may m- mean different things by it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and so what are they and why should I join one? So let's take the first part of that then. And uh, and just really talk about the like what are small groups and uh, what what do we do and uh, um, is there even like biblical precedent for it because uh, I think the answer that we would both say is yes there is a biblical precedent right right you know and even as before we like get into it here I think we need to like even lay the historical foundation for these things of like small groups aren't just another like methodology or you know, a program in the church's history. Right. Yeah. You know, some, I think, mistakenly think like small groups are a reactionary response to like uh, Sunday schools. Yeah. You know, and you kind of like you put churches like against each other, like, oh, do you do Sunday school or do you do small groups? Yeah. In a sense, small groups have even kind of seemed like they're kind of the new right. hit trendy right, thing to right, do. Yeah. Right. You know, and in another 10 years or so, once they've been on the scene for like 50 years, then they'll, you know, some some new model or methodology will rise and the church will do all yeah. of that. And um, which we'll get to in a minute, but I want to make the biblical case that no, these actually predate any of this. Like the small groups, even though we call it that, this, uh, this you know, this type of ministry goes all the way back to the birth of the church, goes all the way back to the time of Pentecost there in Acts 2. But we'll get there in a moment because, like, Sunday schools and all that, and for how God has used it and all that, you know, been a really great thing, you know, to help teach, uh, you know, the those who are biblically illiterate biblical truths, yeah. theological truths. But even just that thinking is kind of like this scholastic paradigm that's been kind of like inserted into the church. Yeah. And, now that's not necessarily to, to slam it or just say that God hasn't used it or anything like no, that. Absolutely, but. it's been 
been used in, in many ways. For and, sure. And, yeah, in the church over the years. Right. And so we have much to teach, much to learn. There is a place for classes and, and learning and yeah. all this. And I think the church does need to kind of recapture that back because sometimes we, you know, like theological education, we kind of pawn off to like Christian schools or Bible schools or seminary or whatever. Yeah. and Or just ignore it completely. Or, yeah, or some churches just ignore it altogether. Yeah. And and I think we do need to bring that, you know, or keep, properly house that, yeah. if you will, within the church. Right. Um, and again, not to say that Christian schools and all that stuff are bad, but if we have this framework, oh, that's what they do, and this is what we do as a church, I think there's a wrong kind of separation yeah. uh, there. Um, but to understand, though, like within the church, this is God's you know ordained means for the advancement of the gospel and the proclamation of biblical truth in all these forms. But that said, like what I don't think we need to do is see like Sunday schools as like pitted against small groups. Right. And so what are small groups? Then here's how we define it at, uh, at Redemption. Small groups are those, uh, are, are small groups, you know, of mm-hmm. believers committed to one another, committed to living out the Christian life together uh, to go deeper in our understanding of God's word and more specific in our application. Um, where we, you know, m- most uh, intentionally live out the biblical one another's and other commands that believers are to, uh, uh, you know, are called to live out. Yeah. And we're called to live that out in the daily life and our public life and all that, but especially in our communal life within the church. These small groups seem to be the other side of the Sunday morning, uh, uh, you know, of our worship coin, of our following Christ. And if we think of like, all right, here's what we do as gathered Christians as a coin. On one side, we have our commitments to the Lord's Day worship. The body of believers in this place gathering together for the worship of Christ and the serving of his people. And, And then weekly small groups of the smaller subset of those believers gathering in homes to live this life out. And you have this all the way back. Now, this is just descriptive more than it is prescriptive, but I think it is instructive for us and how God has designed the, the, uh, you know, the Christian life. And so go all the way back to Acts 2 at the birth of the church. That's where the church is formed. The Holy Spirit comes. These believers are gathering together. There's the preaching of God's word by uh, by Peter and uh, and man, you likely know the story. There, like thousands are saved. Three thousand on this yeah. day saved. Like this is massive revival, right? Um, at the preaching in, in, in Acts two thirty seven, they heard these, this message and they were cut to the heart. Yeah, yeah. like well, that's the aim of every sermon. You know, God's word like a scalpel cutting us to the heart. And, uh, um, and, you know, many are being baptized that, that day, 3,000. But here's really where the other side of the coin then comes. And so they've gathered this massive group of believers to worship the Lord. But now here's this, speaks of this commitment, verse 42. They devoted themselves, okay? Um, that's really the, the commitment that comes, you know, to, amongst God's people. And they commit or devote themselves to four things. The apostles' teaching. You know, what they had in those days, you know, the Bible's being written through these guys. And right. so they, you know, we now have the Bible, but this is what they're devoted to, the, the fellowship. And no, there's definite articles under each of these things. Um, that's their uh, sharing in life together, that koinonia, um, to the breaking of, of bread. And there's some debate, is that meals or is this communion, you know? 
I think uh, a case can be made for both, actually. Um, the definite article there, the, seems to indicate that it's more than just like meals, but here like the actual like breaking of bread and communion mm. and fellowship together. And the prayers, you know, they're praying for one another. And so there's some commitments here uh, that they're making to one another. And it goes on, verse 43, on came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. He, the apostles, <laughs> that these things are happening, but there is a sense of God at work here that is leading them to this awe and wonder. And all who believed, verse 44 says, were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And I love that the, not only is there the commitment, but there's also the communal aspect here. Yeah. Now some will go like, oh, are they teaching communism or socialism and all that stuff? No, you know, this isn't necessarily just that kind of thinking as some have taken it to, but there is this mutual responsibility for the needs of one another. Yeah, it's just genuine love and care right, for one another. Right, right. Somebody has a need in this group that they have committed to, and I'm saying, you, I'm, I, I am less attached to my things. I'm going to sell this in order to have the means, in order to support you so you can survive and live. Yeah. And they uh, have this mutual responsibility for uh, one another. Verse 46 goes on, and day by day, attending the temple together, and they're going to worship, and they're breaking bread in their homes, and they received the food with glad and generous hearts. And so they're just like uh, daily worshiping, walking with one another, and, uh, and, and spending fellowship and all that, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. And so through the other side of the coin, people are being saved as they come to church and hear the preaching of the gospel, and people are being added to their number as they are now meeting in homes. Yeah, It's like, okay, here's the subset now, sharing life, these commitments together, this community together, um, real life needs, applying the word of God together, and uh, and going deeper in the, the apostles' teaching yeah. and their understanding and application of it. And so, you know, like, I think here's just like a great example of what we're trying to imitate, even, you know, at Redemption or when we come to small groups. I think what any church should be trying to imitate is this stuff, yeah. this commitment to these things, to the, to the Lord and to one another and to the mutual, uh, this mutual responsibility for one another's physical needs and spiritual growth. Yeah. And I think it's just the, really the, um, the joy of being part of the body of Christ and yeah. recognizing that, yeah. you know, if if part of the body is is suffering or struggling, then the other yeah. part of the body comes along to to care for it, and it's just that responsibility um, that we have to to protect and to to grow together, um, and that that mutual care, mutual ministry, for sure, yeah. for sure. And and here's what the beauty of God's design in all of this is: it gives clarity to the people that we are most responsible for. Yeah. Because yeah, we and even embrace this like as Christians, but sometimes like man, it's like overwhelming. Well, am I responsible for the whole church? Am I responsible for the whole world? Am I my whole city? <laughs> where like, do, yeah. where does this stop? You know. Yeah. And this level of accountability and responsibility that we have, and God's like, well, no, here, here's this this group like care for one another. That doesn't mean like you can't care for outsiders right, or support yeah. others. You know, brothers and sisters in another country or, or another church. Like you know, we're not just like 
like separatists, you know, like, no, these are the only ones I can care for. But it also gives clarity to here are the the primary relationships that I have and and the people that I'm responsible for. Yeah, I think when we recognize our our finitude, that we are finite, that we can't care for, for everyone equally. Right. And so this is really a a perimeter or, you know, bumpers, if you will, to, to protect us sure. in a sense, to give us a healthy right. area to, to carry these things out right. um, in the way that pleases the Lord. Right. Yeah. Right. And all that, you know, brings clarity because there's the commitment to the, this community. Yeah. Right. And this is where we are, are growing together. And apart from that, um, you know, then it's like, okay, well, if we're all playing by different rules and there's no commitment here to these right. things, but that's, you know, that's why we have, you know, in our church, why we have what we call our uncommon community commitment that guides the, you know, the, the, the tenor of our small groups. And really it's just an attempt to define the one another's, you know, and how we treat and love one another and all that. And why we have membership commitments, you know, just to the church and gen, you know, at large, yeah. and then also specifically to our, our small groups yeah. like that. So well, I think, as we think about small groups, people are like, well, can't you just do this as a church? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, in a sense, when the, when the church is small and, right. you know, you have 30, 50 right. members or whatnot, then can, can these things right. be done amongst the entire church? Like, yes. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah. In some, but as we grow, like, it becomes easier easier for people to kind of slip in and slip out without being seen, without being heard. Right. And so this idea of small group really allows for everyone to be checked in on, to be seen and, and heard right. on a regular basis. Right. Right. Cause that's the, and what you're getting on there is the, the interdependence or the mutuality of all these things, yeah. you know, cause we've talked about here are the people that I'm responsible to care for, mm-hmm. but vice versa, here are the people that are responsible to care for me as well. Right. You know, to who I know I'm accountable to and also who I can go to when I'm in a place of being poor and needy, um, you know, spiritually or physically. And and here are the people that are looking out for my well-being as well. And that's that whole like interdependence. Paul brings us back up in First Corinthians 12 and Romans 12, uh, as well as how we are all linked together in being built together up in this body. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't in Ephesians two, as well. Uh, in uh, after that, you know, great passage that we love about how we are now at peace with God. How we, it's by grace uh, we've been saved through faith, and this is not of our own doing, right? Yeah. And we we love the, the the biblical truth there, and the the summary of the gospel and our salvation exists there. But then the rest of chapter two is about our reconciliation together as humans, <laughs> yeah. using the impossible situation of God. Uh, reconciling Jews and Gentiles into this one new person um, that that gives us hope for human horizontal reconciliation and you know in our conflicts and issues. But where he ends all of that is that we're all on the same team, being built up by God into the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And this is that the this is all of God's doing. And all of this then in chapter three gets to is like and all of this is like so amazing and mind blowing to the heavenly hosts, to the authorities, to the angels and the divine council in heaven, that they uh, worship God for His manifold wisdom to what is happening within the church. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, 
and, and I'm sure it grieves them in the same way it grieves the Holy Spirit when churches are not unified or when it is just consumer driven or, you know, it's just kind of people, you know, showing up for the show and then leaving and never really intersecting in life and growing together. Yeah. And that's really what small group does is it confronts the consumer mentality that people have with the church. Right. Yeah, because what do we hear often when like uh, new folks come in to, to redemption? They might say that, hey, yeah, I'm here and I'm church <laughs> shopping, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, or I'm, I've, been, uh, I've been looking around at different churches and trying them out and things. And, uh, you know, and I get it. Like, we need to be discerning. I'm not trying to just like, you know, squash that whole thinking. Yeah. But we do have to be careful if that's our attitude of the just like, well, I'm showing up to a church based on what programs they offer me. That's right. And I, the, what music I like, yeah. what their child care right. offers, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just student ministry and all those things. Yeah. And, and all of those things are important for sure. And, and you, you do want to find a church that values those things and does them well. Right. But you can't, you can't pick a little bit here and a little bit there right. um, and right. expect that you're going to find a church that's going to do all of those perfectly right. fit to your expectations and and in a way that where you are just going to show up and and benefit from it but not actually pour out for the success of it as well yeah yeah the church is not h-e-b um you know grocery store well i'm going to go here and shop because i have all these things no no, but you're also going to work there you know and you're also you're also going to contribute to those things that's really what the the church is not a business or a grocery store it's a family and we talk about Community being built, yeah. not found. Right. Uh, you know, we talk about that a lot as people right. are coming in and right. trying to figure out right. where they fit. And yeah. it's like, well, like, come in and you have to work. You have to build relationship. Right. And, and part of that is diving into a small group, right. being committed, right. and, and then also inviting people in right. to speak into your own life. Right. Um, and right. that that authenticity that comes with right. community right. is right. so important. It's so important. And it's a community that's not just a social club also. Yeah. I think as we can like tease this out some more of like, well, what are small groups? It is a, the biblical community that God has designed, but it is not just a community that's built around, you know, a social club or built around age groups, you know, or, or stage in life yeah. or, you know, mutual interests in recreation, you know, sports teams or, okay, here's all the, you know, those, the Aggies go here, the Longhorns go here, the <laughs> Baylor Bears, you know, the Texas, like, no, it's not revolving around. You may around be onto something there. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, but it all revolves around the, the Word of God. Yeah. And that's even, you know, just in our convictions, why we have a pulpit curriculum and we want to go deeper in our understanding of God's word and more specific in our application. Yeah. yeah. As we are all gathered on a Sunday hearing the, uh, you know, the preached word of God mm-hmm. that is, you know, hopefully impacting us, you know, as we lean in and, and God by his spirit is, is uh, you know, uh, transforming us and sanctifying us through that is there's no bottom to the depth of God's word. Right. And so we can now continue to interact with it and go deeper in our understanding and more specific in our application. 
how does this apply to you know you as a as a single mom? How does this apply to you as a working man? How does this apply to you as a retired person? How do you know? Because um, even the best of preachers can't cover all the bases of all the people listening right. in specific application. And this is really on us and our personal responsibility to okay do that. And and yet we do that in the midst of community as we're right. chewing it on it and and uh, and and seeking to like gain greater understanding and, and greater application. And there's accountability there to make sure that we're doing it yeah. properly, right? Um, and that um, we you know we don't always figure it all out on mm-hmm. our own. And so just as we chew on things together, as we communicate right. with a trusted group of people that know us that are involved in our lives, yeah. um, we can then continue to help speak these truths right. into one another's life right. uh, and take what what has been preached from the pulpit on Sunday right. um, and then you know really just continue as you said there's no end it's like you right. just continue to gnaw right. on this right. this juicy piece of steak and just you know continue right. to to allow all of it to to start to marinate our hearts. Absolutely. And to get to do that with people that love us and know us and have a variety of experiences, you know, because maybe they're much older than us or maybe they're much younger than us even. And yet we have much to learn from the, you know, the various generations of God's people. And we can get so myopic if it's like, no, I just need to be around, you know, other uh, other families like mine. You know, I'm raising you know elementary age kids, or I have young kids, or teenage kids, or I'm an empty nester, and I just need to learn. Like, yeah, you like, there's a lot of benefit from that. But also, I think what we see in the beauty of God's people is what we learn from people at various stages of life. Yeah. And we need the wisdom of those who've walked with Christ, you know, longer than we've been alive. Mm-hmm. And we need the enthusiasm yeah. uh, of uh, those new to the faith whose joy in their salvation is so, you know, is just bubbling over. And, and we need all of that in God's economy to yeah. continue to grow in these things and to be maturing in our faith, lest we just like get dull in hearing as, you know, they say in Hebrews. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a, such a beautiful truth. And I've experienced so much of that just in my own experience in small group is sometimes the most profound truths come from, you know, some of these young, enthusiastic believers, um, they may not have the life experience, but they say something or right. are able to come alongside and, and, and to share a truth. And it's right. just, right. it's exactly what you needed to hear at that right. moment. Right. You know, it's just, so and just have a, even a, just a very simple way of looking at things. Like we've made it way more complex and yeah. convoluted than needs to be. And they just able to articulate in a very simple way. You're like, Oh yeah, duh. Like yeah. I'm not as like thank you, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, for for you know loving me enough to say that and and uh, yeah, or just because they're farther down the road, they're able to see the way ahead, and we're stuck somewhere, and yeah. and and to just love that, and God uses all of that in these you know in in the small group context to yeah. to really as we commit to one another. We commit to the Word of God and we commit to one another, then God does this great work of maturing and growing us in our faith uh, to, uh, you know, to worship Him more and to walk with Him, you know, more fervently and yeah. to work for Him, you know, more more effectively. Yeah, and I think just being the, the biblical counselor, soul care guy, like mm-hmm. just the benefits of that in small groups and seeing just how these relationships yeah um as people open up and they trust these people in small group and and start to 
to share things yeah. in their small group and they're able to to pray for one another to you know meet throughout the week and and engage i've i've seen so much benefit right um you know i'll get text messages like hey like i was able to open up to my small group and share some of the things we talked about and like they loved me yeah, through it. God. They, they yeah. prayed with right. me and everything's so great. Right. Um, and so it's just like man, small group and the soul care aspect is so necessary. It's so important. Right. Um, I know women in our small group have a constant text chain, you know, right. constantly checking in on each other and, yeah. and just those practical aspects of it are, right. are just so real and so raw and yet just right. so important for right. us. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just a different application of that same reality that was happening in Acts 2, you know, where there, they all lived, you know, like basically probably on the same street within the same few blocks, going to the temple day by day, sharing life together. Yeah. Now, we don't live in a cultural context like that. Right. And so, okay, how are we doing the day by day stuff? Well, it is through text messages. It is through connecting with one another and sharing scripture that we've read and, you know, not going to the temple to hear the word read because people didn't have their own Bible, but now we do. And so day by day, we're sharing scripture, we're sharing meals and getting together and doing things even outside of the weekly small group stuff. And God is adding to our number. God is growing us and 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 this is all by his wise design for this, you know. And that's what that's what small groups really are. And you know, and and you know, we're kind of painting a, a real rosy picture of it all. Because <laughs> we know the flip side too is like it's not all that rosy, no, you know. No. We get in conflict, we offend one another, we say things that we regret. And even within that, God gives us the tools of forgiveness and reconciliation and how to walk all these things out when our sin bumps up against one another. Yeah, and, and what a great opportunity to to practice those things yeah. in a, a small community where you know and trust the people and, yeah. you know, working through that reconciliation. And, you know, if somebody says something that's offensive, how do I go to that brother or sister and, you know, confront them in a loving way? And so the small group is really a... Yeah. A, a small ecosystem, if you will, to to practice right. and to learn and to be better equipped, right? To then carry those things out into you know, the rest of the world, for sure, yeah. for sure. It's part of God's means, you know. And so, I think we've kind of like taken the first part of that question, like, well, what is small group from every angle? And so, hopefully, we've uh, answered the question, and maybe you've been asking that. Um, yeah. You know, it is the just to kind of summarize it. It's the other side of our walk with Christ coin in the corporate sense from Sunday gathering to then weekly small groups where we go deeper in our understanding of God's word and more specific in our application with a multi-generational body of believers that has a mutual commitment to the word of God and to one another. Yeah, I know that's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> you can text us in and I can uh, try to send it back, you know, in, in a written form to you if you uh, if you'd like, but but the second half. So then, why should I join? Well, hopefully, even in answering that first part, you yeah, know, it we'll kind of answers all over the right. Yeah. Like the positive of that. Why should you join? Well, do you want a healthy, vibrant, growing walk with Christ? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you're genuinely saved, the answer to that question is yes. And so then, the way to for that to flourish, a healthy, growing, vibrant walk with Christ, then is to be part of small group. Like, yeah. why should you join? If you want that to be said of your faith, um, you want to be more courageous, you want to be more hopeful, all that stuff. Well, God's design for that then happens in the context of community uh, of faith, which involves both 
you know, the corporate gathering and these weekly small groups uh, gatherings as well. And so if you want that, here's how you have it. Because here's then, like, to answer that question, I think we need to take it from the negative. Why should you join? Because it's dangerous if you don't. Right. I mean, the dangers of being cut off you know, are, 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 are pretty scary, actually, when you see the scripture. You know, like to go to 1 Corinthians 12, and he talks about uh, the, the church as a body, you know, mm-hmm. and as a, a, as a mutually independent uh, organism working together. You know, the eyes need the hands, need the feet. The, none, none, the hand can't say, well, I don't need you. Yeah. You know, like just, this might be kind of gruesome, but just like cut off your hand, and what is it good for? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and that's and, and, and that may sound harsh, but that's the biblical example. Like a Christian, a genuine saved Christian, apart from the body of Christ, is to to the Lord and to the body useless. Yeah. And that's like people, oh well, like you're saying that I'm useless. <laughs> well, that's the picture ultimately that the scripture is giving for somebody who is not committed to and connected to a body. It's like a hand that is being, that has been cut off and severed and over here. Well, and you think about just the, the use of the flock and the safety of Mm -hmm. the flock being under the care of the shepherd. Right. And that if a sheep strays off, it's in danger. Right. And it's that, you know, we see this throughout scripture that, you know, Isolation for the right. believers is so dangerous because the enemy is prowling, around, prowling right. around like a roaring lion. Right, you're referring to First Peter five, yeah. and and that's the exact. That's like the other danger. Like, okay, you're useless, but you also disconnected from this. Why should you join? Because if you're not, you put yourself in harm's way. Yeah. First Peter five, you know, does in in Job, you know, chapter one, and even chapter two, the enemies seen prowling around like a roaring lion. Go watch Natural Geographic. Go take a safari in Africa. Who do lions go after? The animals that are separate from the protection of the herd. The weak, the sick, the isolated. And to remove yourself from these things makes you a prime target for the enemy. Yeah, when you're struggling with sin, the, the place not to be is like, oh, I can't go to church. It's just too hard for me, whatever. Like that whole mentality is, is just from the enemy. Yeah. I mean, just like be real frank. It's like you, you're you're putting yourself in harm's way. Actually, the place that you need to be is in the community of faith yeah. where, you, where you're safe. And you may not feel like it. It may be hard. But what you need is the, you know, the spirit energized encouragement of the singing of God's people, of the prayers of God's people, of the strength infusing preaching of God's word on you in those very moments in your small group. Like that's when you're struggling the most. When you isolate yourself, you put yourself actually in harm's way. And it's just there's the comfort of being known and being mm-hmm. cared for. And mm-hmm. again, we don't want to take that to the, the consumeristic right. point right. Of, of view there, but also when we are sick and yep. hurting and downcast, yep. you know, the Bible says that we weep with those who weep and we rejoice with those who rejoice. And so, right. you know, we, we need that when we're downcast for people to come alongside and to, to know how to walk with us through for that. Sure. And it comes with this close knit, community for sure for sure and so you know just to like answer the question like well why should you join well i think you see all the benefits you know all the love all that you get 
and all you know the way that you can then exercise your gifts because mm-hmm. that's the other you know like a positive thing we've kind of touched on it here but God has gifted you specifically yeah. you know and you need a you need an outlet for it. God's given you this outlet and somebody says well, where do I serve go and we you know we chase all these you know means in the community and all that stuff which is which is great yeah. but the primary place in which to use those gifts is in the context of, of church and of this community to where you can love and serve and teach and use your gifts um, to the glory of God and so there are all these benefits why why you should and then there are all these warnings which is what the Bible you know always seems to do <laughs> encourage 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 here's what's awesome here's what's awesome and if you don't here's what you know is yep. the is the result and so you know, we've said it in other places and all that. We have a personal faith, but we do not have a private faith. Mm-hmm. Our faith is personal, but it is also communal. Um, and to exist in isolation, to exist in, you know, in this private, you know, uh, sphere of thinking is to cut ourselves off from uh, one of God's primary means of mm-hmm. grace for us to be sanctified and grown together and in uh, all of its all of its beauty and in its, all of its difficulty. Yeah, and I think one of the things in that that I'd like to touch on is, you know, when we think about a a private mm-hmm. faith, we start to think about transparency and yeah. authenticity, and like really the danger of thinking that a transparency means that we are having a communal faith because yeah. our culture today says like, oh yeah, transparency is a great thing. I'm just right. going to share right. all of my stuff. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not being personal. I'm, I'm sharing all my baggage. Right, right. But the difference is, and the benefit of small group is that authenticity of saying, okay, I'm going to share all of this, but then I'm going to invite you to right. speak truth into my heart right. and into my life for the purpose of change, right. you know, the purpose of growing in holiness. Right. And so we don't want to confuse this transparency is like, oh yeah, like I'm living in community. I'm right. sharing all of my problems. Right, right. Um, I'm but, an open book or here I'm like vomiting all my stuff, but don't speak into it. You know, here I'm going to tell you all this stuff, but you can't say anything because... Except me for who I am. Right. Yeah. It's like, eh, like time out, time out. No. Yeah, and so I don't want to confuse a, a right. public or communal faith with just this yeah. open transparency, right. Right. but it comes with that invitation right. as well. I'm going to show up and share all my junk but don't attempt to sweep it up, you know, or yeah. don't attempt to help me, you know, do anything. Um, yeah, that's that's the exact opposite, right? right. That's that whole interdependence, the mutual ministry that we talk about. And, uh, you know, we do so because we say, hey, I need help in this. Yeah. Help me help me see what is true. Help me to see what is right. I'm going to see what is wise and what I'm to do and believe in the midst of all of this. And that's, you know, just another benefit of community. If you want a healthy, growing, vibrant faith, that's, you know, that's how we get, you know, that's how we, how we get there and, and, and walk that out in the context of community. So, you know, I hope this has been helpful to you. Maybe you're new to redemption. Maybe you're new to your church and uh, you're, you know, you're kind of on the fence. Should I, is this worth it? I'm busy. Uh, I've got so many things going on. I hope that as, you know, we've kind of just done a survey of the scriptures and all that you've seen though, it is so worth it. Uh, your faith depends upon it. You know, the health of your faith depends upon it. I should say your faith depends upon Christ, um, <laughs> but it, the, the health of your faith, that's why he's given his bride, the body uh, for, uh, uh, for, for you. And, and so, yeah, it is, it is very worth it. You know, the cost might be high. 
yeah, you might have to say no to some other things. You may have to pull out of some of your own uh, uh, commitments to other lesser things. You may have to, you know, do, you know, pull your kids out of things. There may be you know, like a cost is sitters or whatever it is or a rearrangement of the schedule. Yeah. But it is all worth it for what is most important, and that is your soul. Yeah. And so we can't uh, recommend it any more uh, than. Uh, you know, just plugging in, committing, and and uh, investing in a in a small group of believers for the glory of God, your good, and the good of others. Thanks for tuning in to Consider It, where we are considering your questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, Texas. If you would like to submit a question, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about our church and the ministry here, visit redemption.bible. Thank you for your support and listening. Join us next time as we consider it.